One man, one mission to rid the world of low standard and mediocre acting once and for all. Brian Timoney, the world's leading authority on method acting, brings you powerful, impactful, volcanic acting and business of acting techniques in his special acting podcasts. It's Brian Timoney's World of Acting, Unplugged and Unleashed. Hi everyone, it's Brian here and um, I'm joined by Rob. Welcome Rob. Thank you, good to be here as usual. Right, we're going to be talking about past masters. Oh yeah. So what can we learn, Rob, from past masters, what do you reckon? Well, I think we can learn a lot from past masters for various reasons. Uh, By the way, what we mean by past masters is um, the great performers, not only actors, actors yes, but not only actors, the great actors and performers of years gone by. These people that are no longer with us even, they could be dead now. But they were brilliant, and many of them, are the uh, the torchbearers mm. for the people of today? Um, you know, I mean, let's take let's take one obvious example, uh, which we've talked about before, so we won't go too much into Mr. Brando, Marlon Brando, but he's a past master of acting, isn't he? He's yeah. sadly no longer with us. I remember the day he died. Um, it was a sad day for me because I thought, oh, we've lost a great. You know, we've yeah. lost. We've, and, and, will we see his like again? Mm. I doubt it. And. Um, but we can learn from these people because not only are they the torchbearers for people today, people today try and model themselves on these people and, and uh, they want to aspire to the greatness of these people. Um, not only for that reason, but also because, you know, they were, in many cases... <laughs> I, sound like a, I sound like your granddad, but they were, in many cases, better than the people of today. The standards have gone down. They have dropped. Mm. Not only in acting, but in... (laughs) This is where I sound like your granddad. But in music as well. And uh, in comedy, certainly in comedy. I watch um, some of the great comedians of the past, the musical comedians. I'm talking about the people from the 1920s and before, um, of which there is footage on YouTube and various other video sharing sites um, of these people. Go and watch these people. They are funny. Yeah. And, 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 and they've got a skill of delivering comedy in an honest and truthful way that comes from themselves. They're not trying to be they're not trying to be false performers or put on some kind of character, although they do put on characters, but the character is them. It comes from them. It comes from their own souls. Mm. And thus, because it's truthful and because they speak the truth, the truth is funny sometimes. And yeah. because they speak the truth, it's it's laugh out loud funny. And um, I don't laugh out loud at comedians today. I don't. No. I just don't do it. It's funny because like, uh, Billy Conley yeah. recently became Sir Billy Conley. Yeah. Um, now, he is a funny man. And he is a funny guy. And... Um, He's again. It's it's one of those things that you can watch somebody like Billy Conley that who's obviously highly skilled, but they make it look easy, mm. and um, they they. But it's not easy. It's not easy to do what they do, but well, they make it look easy. Well, the thing about Billy Connolly is, I happen to know this uh, about him. When he goes and does uh, a stadium, he goes and does I don't know the O2 Arena or something with five thousand people in the audience mm. or more. A lot of comedians, um, comedians, uh, you know, big name comedians that you would know that are relevant and working today and famous today, they, they've written their material, they've practised it, they've rehearsed it, they know what they're going to do, they've got the list, their mental list, some of them actually take a piece of paper with them, 
I've done a bit of stand-up comedy as well, and so I've spoken to a lot of comedians, and the way I worked was I had to know roughly what I was going to talk about when I went on stage, and uh, I, I would have it kind of rehearsed in my own mind, and then I'd go and do it, and according to how the audience react, I'd, I'd uh, mould my performance to the mm. audience and how they react. Billy Connolly, when he goes on stage, has no idea what he's going to talk about when he walks up. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome on stage, Billy Connolly. Mm. Applause of the audience, Billy Connolly walks on. He's got no idea what he's going to say until he opens his mouth and says the first thing. Mm. And then he'll just let it flow and he'll just he'll say whatever comes into his mind. And he's obviously got, got lots of material in his mind anyway, mm. but he doesn't know what he's going to pick and yeah. what he's going to do until he does it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, yeah, and so... Um, Again, it's truthful, it's spontaneous. I think that's part of what makes it funny. There was a f- entry, actually a, a lesson to be learned actually from this story, which was it's um, lessons for actors to learn from all. Oh, this, I definitely. Yeah. Um, this one I think is particularly pertinent. Mm. Was that Billy Conley when he was he was known in Glasgow, you know, and as a comedian, and he was yeah. very popular, but he hadn't been introduced to the rest of the world yet, as it were, or at least at that time, um, the rest of the UK. But um, Parkinson, who chat show host at the time in the 70s um you know brought him on to the show for an interview and i saw this interview yeah yeah and billy conley knew this was a probably a quite a big moment you know in his career potentially if he got it right and he had a chat to his agent and they were talking about what he should say or what any jokes that he should use on the show and Billy Connolly said, I've got this great joke. He said, I just think it's really funny. I know he the says, joke. And, <laughs> I, know, I know the very joke. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And he <laughs> says, I, I want to tell this joke. And he told the agent. The agent went, no, you can't tell that joke. He said, it's too risky. You know, it's a family audience and stuff. I don't think that's going to work. So I won't go through the whole joke, but just to give you the gist of it. He told it, didn't he? Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he, he no, tell it. us the joke, Brian. God, tell us the joke. Well, <laughs> the gist of it is that basically this guy... Is at work and he turns around to the guy that he's working with and um, he said, he said, how was your weekend? He said, that was all right. He said, what did you do? He says, I killed my wife. He said, <laughs> he said, what? He said, I killed my wife. He said, what did you kill her for? He said, I just got sick of her. He said, fed up with her. He said, you know, and so he said, I just bumped her off. He said, you know, he said, really? He said, yeah. He said, um, he said, oh, well, that's, that's, that's shocking. He says, anyway, do you want to come around tonight? And, uh, you know, we'll have a few beers. And he says, I've got the place to myself or whatever. He says, yeah, all right. So <laughs> later on, he goes round to his, his house and he walks in the door and, and there's, um, you know, in the hallway, there's this bum and sticking up out of the ground. And he says, what is that? He says, oh, that's the missus. He says, What? He says, you know, he says, I thought you'd have buried her properly. He says, but, you know, her bum's, you know, hanging out here. He says, well, why did you leave that exposed? And he went, well, I had to have somewhere to park my bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the joke. Yeah, that was the joke. And, uh, <clears throat> and, he, and to- he told it on national television, and it caused a bit of a stir. It did. I mean, time. now yeah. it's tame, right? Yeah. But, it, like, back in the day, that was, like, an outrageous joke to tell on national TV. But um, uh, but that joke made Billy Conley, it, that was the thing that catapult. Even he recognises that. He talks about it. He said, that, after that, yeah. he said, my career completely changed. And he said that when he was going back, he said, to Glasgow um, the next day, he went into... 
um, they, you know, collect your luggage. He said, I got a flight back from London back to Glasgow after the interview. He said, I got into the the luggage holding area waiting for my luggage. He says, and the whole airport, he says, stopped and gave me a round of applause. There you go. So There you go. And it didn't work so well for Julian Cleary, did it? I'm not going to say on this podcast what Ju- Julian yeah. Cleary said. At, what did he uh, say? Uh, uh, no, I'm not going to say what he said at the BAFTA Awards. Right. I think it was the BAFTA Awards. Um, but it was a comment he made about uh, a politician called Norman Lamont at the right. time. Um, and uh, it was absolutely outrageous what he said. It was <laughs> funny. Very funny, but absolutely outrageous. And it actually, Julian Cleary, it actually affected his his television bookings for mm. quite a while. Um, he's back now, thank goodness, because I think the man's funny. But um, it, it, it affected his, his television bookings for quite a while. And so it's amazing how, you know, way back then in the 70s. Well, you know, there, there, there's a television programme on right now called It Was OK in the 70s, but it wouldn't be so OK now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, sort of a political correctness, as it were, which actually gets on my nerves, to be honest, political correctness. It's but, kind of um, a mad, I know. Yeah, but, but how does all this relate anyway to acting? Um, because learning from the great masters of the past, not only the actors, but the great performers of the past, such as Billy Connolly, um, who's, but we can go back well before Billy oh, Connolly yeah. as well, you know, to some of the great uh, musical comedians, like there's a guy called Norman Evans who was very, very funny. and um, Charlie Chaplin. And, well, Chaplin as well, of course. Yeah, an absolute genius. Um, a, a great director and, and, and a very sensitive actor as well. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, just watching these people, watching what they do, trying to kind of recognise their process and what they're doing to achieve what they're achieving because Chaplin was uh, a very formidable man in real life. Um, you know but, what's amazing? But, but very watchable. What was yeah. amazing about Charlie Chaplin yeah. as well, and this is something, again, you're right, where you can learn from past yeah. masters, is that Chaplin, most of his films, were they, they were done... Um, with no sound, as in there was no verbal communication. Silent it was movies. All, it was silent movies. Mm. But my God, the amount that that man could get across in his direction and his acting is is incredible. Absolutely well, incredible. Well, there's one scene he did as, as one of the Tramp movies, Charlie Chaplin, as listeners yeah. I'm sure will know, was, was, was the sort of the comedy Tramp. And, and, and not only that, he did loads of other, loads of other movies as well. But there's one scene as the comedy Tramp where... Um, he, he he hands a rose. Yeah, I was thinking about that very scene because that oh, yeah. was a brilliant scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he, he I believe he directed the movie as well, and mm. uh, he, 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 they did something like uh, 140 takes or something like that for this. Just handing yeah. the rose to the girl and the way the girl accepted the rose yeah. from him. It's it'll bring a tear to your eye mm. to watch it. Uh, even thinking about it now, I'm waiting up. Yeah, no, is it? you're right. I remember that scene. It's an amazingly yeah. powerful and acted scene, yeah. and it's like, yeah. but it's so simple. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so. he was he was such a, a you know an amazing individual and actor. It's like so. The, the thing is that nowadays, and I guess you know I'm going to sound like uh, grandpa now. Yeah. It's like the youth of today. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're they're used to a certain um, look and feel of things, and it's all modern. But you would. One of the great things that we have available now that we never had available 100-odd years ago um, is the invention of film 
and TV. And you can go back and watch people that were like Charlie Chaplin, who were amazing yeah. at the very early stages of, of that uh, process. And, 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 and I mean, just, just watch the comedy acting. Mm-hmm. And this is, we, we can learn about comedy acting. If you, can, if you get a gig in a situation comedy on TV or whatever, comedy acting of the great, beautiful... Laurel and Hardy. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, just watch those two guys, and you're not going to get anything better than that comedy acting no. ever, ever, ever. No one is ever going to top that. And, and that's and like <laughs> timeless. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's funny that like, people like Chaplin and um, yeah, yeah, uh, Laurel and Hardy. They are. It's a. Ti- it's almost timeless. Although it's yeah. it's it's filmed in a certain period. The actual comedy or the, the piece of work itself will be watched hundreds of years from now. I, I and imagine. will still be funny. And it will still be funny. It will still be touching. Or because, yeah, because they tap into the human condition. Yeah. And the human condition doesn't change over, no. over the millennia. The human condition doesn't change, which yeah. is a good thing for actors also to remember. You know, if you're doing Shakespeare, uh, people were the same in the Elizabethan period as they are now. And so Shakespeare, I believe, I believe, and maybe there's great directors that would disagree with me, but I believe it should be thought of in a very colloquial sort of way, in a very kind of modern way. Yeah. And uh, because people have always felt love, they've always felt um, despair, they've always felt anger, they've always felt hatred, they've always felt these feelings people have always had since man first appeared on the planet. Mm. And so uh, it's the same. Whatever you're doing, it's the same. Why am, I tell- why am I saying that? Something we said prompted me to say that. Yeah, no, and, I and think so, yeah. it's what runs through all great work. Yeah, yeah. And I think past masters, be they actors or even painters and sculptors and yeah. composers, is that they tap into something in the human, the collective human psyche, that, and they pull out something that is there, but we're not, you know, and they're, they're and, able to express it. And, you know, old granddad talking again, music, you know, Actors can learn a lot from the great musicians, the great, the great singers, the great of the of the past. You know, the the greats, not just people you happen to like that you think, oh, they're great, and they're not at all. I mean, the truly great ones. That uh, uh, the again, the torchbearers, the, the 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 people that people since have tried to emulate and copy, not very successfully. Um, they're so they're so truthful and real in what they do they mean it they're the real thing they're not performing mm. they're the real thing and they mean it and what, 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 what they've got to say to you is, is coming from their soul it's coming from them and, uh, and as an actor that's what we want as well isn't it we want that as an actor and, and so it's like Brian just nodded by the way at that and, um, <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and, and so we can, learn, we can learn from these people what are they doing we, we, we have to try and recognise not second guess but try and pick up on it what they're doing to be so hypnotising that makes you just you just want to watch them mm. and listen to what they say and you believe them and it's it really speaks to you in a in a real deep way, whether it be a singer, a painter, a composer, um, you know, a comedian like Laurel and Hardy, um, or an actor, whatever it mm. be. What, what what are they doing? What what, what does Daniel Day Lewis do? Mm. He he's picked up on something as well. What does he do? What what was Brando doing? What's their secret? It's not just they practice method acting. There's something else as well. And, well, they're, they're uh, tapping yeah, into their their because here's the funny thing, Rob, is that there's loads of method actors that are nowhere near as good as them, right? 
And so, yeah, and, and, that's and, true and, as and, well. Um, and it's all subjective as well, mm. isn't it? Right. But these are the ones, you know, obviously people like Daniel De Lewis and um, De Niro and all the, you know, we, we're well aware of them. There's a lot of, you know, very good method actors that you may just not be as aware of them, but they're equally as good. Um, I mean, I've worked with some actors who have, you know, that are not big names, but they're amazing actors. Um mm. And so, you know, anyway, don't know why I brought that up, but it's it's, it's true. Um, going back to what you said, I think it's about they're tap, they've managed to tap into true creativity and they're not bound by trying to produce a result for someone. That's it. They're not bound by the result. What they're bound, not, not bound by, but what they do, as I've spoken about on previous podcasts, is they're concerned with the process without thought of the result. They're concerned with injecting this, what I call magic, into the process. Mm. And then the result will be powerful, as long as you don't think of the result. So it's so so to reiterate, it's the old masters that I would, in my, uh, in my way, advise people mm. to take a look at. Not just the people that you like and you think, oh, they're good, I like them. They're... No, mm. forget that. Look at the old masters, the ones from 1920, Mm. And 1930, these people, the actors and the great actors from the... The styles of acting have changed since the 20s and 30s, but there were some great actors that still told the absolute truth way back then in the 20s and 30s. And look at the singers and the composers and the the comedians and the performers, all the performers of that sort of period way back when, Mm. from the, 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 you know, the the 1800s even, up until, until, say, the 1950s. Yeah. and I think you can learn a great deal just by watching them and looking at them. Um, and and you know, if I, I can, I can I can list some names for you to look at if you like. But I mean, find out for yourself. And and it, it's yeah, because like observing them and being inquisitive about their work, mm. you will learn from them um, if you're interested enough mm. and you do enough research. You know, you read about them. Um, or you experience their work. It's like, you you, you know, the funny thing is um, that there's a lot of available to people. If they want to learn something, say we're talking about acting or method acting, is that there's already a wealth of information um, that you can learn from that is easily available, practically for free, which is like, you know, if you want to know how Robert De Niro works, read a, read a book on Robert De Niro. You know, if you want to know how... You know, Mozart composed. Read a book on Mozart and listen to the music. It's like the, you know, you you may you know you may or may not ever get close to that. But the fact is that you can learn from them. You can pick up on how did they approach things. What was their thought processes or the the actions that they took um, in order to produce their work. And um, and therefore you can learn from from these people. Yeah, getting close to what they do is not about trying to emulate what they no. do. No, this is what this is the mistake that um, sort of modern performers and people uh, they try and emulate what people have done in the past. That's not the way forward. Excuse me, in my opinion. Um, uh, but 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 I think the way forward would be to um, rather than try and emulate what they do, try and understand who they are. Mm-hmm. Try and understand who they are, and then yeah. try and um, uh, relate to who they are somehow inside yourself. 
Uh, here's an example. I once got a book, and I forget. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Mm, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. We don't want to emulate, mm. but it's like it's an insight into how people, these people, worked or what they did, and and into their psyche as well. What what made them tick? Um, I bought this book um, a while back. It was probably about a couple of years ago, which was um, basically the daily habits of um, people that are highly creative or people that have you know produced work that we would consider um very creative and and um interesting and it basically it takes about i don't know 50 different people from different walks of life and it tells you what their daily routine was what they what they did when did they work you know some of them wrote, you know were writers and they worked in the morning some wrote it late at night some you know had certain things that they would do in the middle of the day to help with their creativity um so even things like that is good, to, I think, um, to kind of understand as well and get an insight. It might not apply to you. You know, for example, there might be a writer that gets up in the morning, always goes for a walk at four o'clock and he has a routine or he, he or she has a routine. Now, it's not to say that routine would, would be right for you, but it does give you an insight into certain commonalities that, that happen. One of the, I'll tell you one of the commonalities I noticed that ran through nearly all of them was that they got their best ideas not when they were actually in the activity of the work they did, but usually doing something else. So they got their best ideas, for example, when they went, did go for a walk in the park or they went and played a sport or they, they went and read when another book. When they weren't book. thinking about yeah. it particularly. And, and that's and, when and, they got them. Yeah, and, and, and then the, the true inspiration would come. Yeah, it's like a, I've, uh, one of the ways, I, I've, I've got a friend who's, a very famous writer, and 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 what he does is uh, he's got very set hours each day that he works for. So he'll work from nine o'clock in the morning until seven o'clock at night. Quite a long day. He'll do yeah. nine o'clock in the morning until seven o'clock at night, and that's that's writing nine till seven. Five past seven, he stops. Hmm. No, whatever, wherever he is, he stops. Nine, in the, but also he um, in a previous podcast we talked about the four different types of actor, being the effective actor, mm. the emotional actor, the and, um, and, and the the uh, storyteller actor, and the other. He he's an effective writer, mm. and so he will, um, yeah, experience the effectiveness of whatever the character he's writing about is, is, is experiencing. Mm, he's a, he's yeah. a method writer. Yeah. He's a method yeah. writer. And, yeah. um, and, and, and he'll, 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 he'll become the character as well. He'll, he'll, he'll sort of speak the lines out loud that he's writing for the character, mm. he's going to say. Mm. And, uh, and so he, when he's writing the character's lines in, in, in his novels, mm. their speech lines, yeah. what he's doing is he's... Uh, He's becoming that character, and mm. so he's writing the lines as the character, not as him, the writer, mm. but he's writing them as the character. Which, and which, so that's his I've, process. Yeah, and I've yeah. always said yeah. actually that any great mm. artist does go through a method mm. process, process, and I don't think the method is um, exclusive to acting. I think that no. actually all great art, artists approach that process in a very similar way. The great ones, anyway. I've always um, said that as well, yeah. So, about, it's, it's, about. so you can learn a lot mm. from mm. not just past acting masters, but any any of them. Right, I think that brings us to the end of that um, podcast, Rob. So, I enjoyed um, that one. Yeah, speak to you on the next one. Bye. You've been listening to Brian Timoney's World of Acting. For a full transcript of today's show, go to www.worldofacting.com. We'll see you next time.